0: Life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore.
1: We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. We were shooting this weekend in California. And we were on one of our favorite roads that has been essentially burned out by fire. And then followed by mudslides late last year. Or it's, actually late last like year into this year.
0: moonscape with burnt trees. So it's one of the stumps. first times we've been... It
1: is the first time we've been there since all that happened. We had a great shoot with the Focus RS and the Civic Type R for Season 3. We're very excited about that episode. Really fun, fast, great episode. Excellent. It turned with out the, better than I thought, It honestly. was really cool. I but really but enjoyed it. At the end it. of the day, we were coming down and we were stopped at one of... The, they have sections where there's a single lane road there. They, they put in extra stoplights.
0: Well, yeah, because parts of the road are gone.
1: Exactly. Actually. So we were waiting for our turn and someone came by in an Alpha 4C... Oh, yeah, craned right. their neck so much they nearly hurt themselves. Turns out they watched the show. Yeah, they that was cool. They the Alpha 4C. They came back and talked to us. That was a really cool serendipity to just see people that were – plus it was even more ridiculous because you and I were re- wearing red and blue, driving <laughs> cars that were red and blue. Yeah. So, well, we're
0: little recognizable, if you're If you're going to notice
1: us, that's really the best of all worlds. But it got me thinking because right around the time that was happening, something else was happening. It got me thinking about the many of you that have come to us and said, you've already rated the podcast. Mm-hmm. Where else can you help? Oh, yeah. We have an answer. We have an answer for you. Yeah. As of, I think, today, maybe the last 24 hours, season one of Everyday Driver TV, the actual TV show, season one is now available as free Prime on Amazon Prime.
0: Yeah. Very cool.
1: We're really excited. There's, this is really cool. And season two, just so you know, is about a week away. We'll give an official announcement when it's up. It will be available as an on-demand uh, that you pay yeah, for. Yeah, still processing for uh, season two yes, right so now. Season two is in process, but it is about a week behind season one. But Season one has launched. I'm really excited. We're really excited. If you would do us a favor, on a computer, because apparently you can't do it through your whatever way you get it on your TV. On yeah, a the computer, fire or whatever the interface look is. Look up Everyday Driver. Find it. Be the first to rate it. Be the 12th to rate it. We have not rated it, but that rating will help people see it. And as we said before, that star rating comes up when you see it right there by the poster. The star rating comes up, and then the IMD rating, IMDB rating comes up. Many of you have helped us there. And I say this only because I really don't want to rate myself. That's part one. Part two. (laughs) We shouldn't. Well, it also depends on the day. Sometimes it'd be like, well, that sucked. It'd be like, this off. Awesome. So anyway, yeah, exactly. Kick this off with a bang here. So, yeah, we, we would appreciate your rating and your help. And I also say it because when we've had meetups with many of you, many of you have said, "We've already, I've already rated the podcast. How else can I help? This is the way you can help. We would love it. Thank you for watching. And I'm excited because I can go home right now, not that I'm really going to, but I can say, hey, Son, you want to watch Everyday Driver? Right here
0: on Amazon. You're already on the Amazon app. There it is. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is very cool. Well, in uh, other announcements, everyone, Pilgrimage Trip 2018 has Mm -hmm. been announced. We are a week in, and we're already getting signups. Yeah. I'm really, really excited for this. And by the way, it's earlier this year. Usually it's in September, which uh, are the coinciding dates for both Spa-Francorchamps and The Rings, uh, the Norge Life. So, this year it's the first weekend of August, mm-hmm. and please go to everydaydriver.com slash adventures. Yep. Or you can just go to the homepage and you'll find the adventures tab up yes, top will, where it describes sure. everything. It's August 2 through 7, 2018. Mm-hmm. And read about everything on there. You can find the price. You can find what's included, which mm-hmm. is everything once everything. you step off the plane. Totally. So once we you arrive know, in Frankfurt. Yes. We yep. don't know where on the planet you're arriving from. <laughs> so <laughs> get yourself you there. there. You yes. know, what if you're cashing in miles? What if you want to upgrade business or first? Yeah. We can't. We don't, we don't know. Yeah. So get yourself there. Then once we collect you at the airport, besides souvenirs... You are ours. Yes, and everything's included: meals, hotel, transportation, That's awesome. That's awesome. and shoving you into multiple cars. Well, because be, it's a longer trip this year. It is. It, it's
1: ring first day, then it's a drive day to Stuttgart to see There's the nothing but driving Mercedes Museum. Then it's an overnight in Stuttgart at the really cool kind of quirky, crazy V8 motel that has a brand new building. Then it's the Porsche museum, which is also really cool. Then it's a drive again, another cool road road tour where you get to actually drive on the Autobahn, which is awesome. Then it's spa. Then it's home and there's great meals and hotels in there. I'm, I'm already ridiculously excited. So we'd love to have you with us.
0: No kidding. So you're cordially invited. Please come, please consider. Hopefully you've been squirreling money away for this dream trip and, uh, You've heard it. heard us announce it before, and there has been people who've been interested and mm-hmm. say, I'm, I'm pushing off till next year. This is your year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So welcome. Check that out. Pilgrimage 2018. Those are our big announcements. We're really excited about it. And we're also excited about all these social media questions and cannot wait to dive into this. So we're going to get right into the debates here, which are very different. Uh, they're all yeah, about they eclectic cars for both of for these, sure. yeah. these debates. And uh, I'm excited. I have one debate where I've... I've got one car to suggest, and the other one I have the longest list I've probably ever produced. Really? It's very strange. Really? Okay. It's just, you never know. Some debates will produce a lot of choices. Others... I wonder, this is your car. I wonder
1: if we have overlaps in, in either of these. I'm very yeah. curious about that. We're starting off with Richard, who's in Western New York. And he's writing in and saying he's been listening to the podcast for a while. Thank you. He, is, uh, he describes himself. I've decided you and I need to come up with Viking names as a result of this. <laughs> he's described himself as Richard the Deerslayer,
0: <laughs> which is very, very cool. I
1: think I'm Todd the Bringer of Absurdity. Or something like this. Yeah. yeah. Todd the Killer of All Logic. I don't know what it is, but it's uh, uh, something.
0: Paul working on the sophomore album, maybe? There you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll
0: see. Paul, Paul, Paul,
1: Paul, Paul, the bard of the village. There we go. Hey, there you go. That could work anyway. So Richard's writing in because he has had uh, three deer versus car incidents in the last year and a half.
0: Yeah, we're sorry to hear this, by the way. This is awful and ugly and no fun. Yeah, for sure. For sure.
1: His The latest one uh, took out, well, he, let's see, it total, totaled his Focus ST when a deer ran into the side, forcing him off the road. That was a deer on a mission, by the way. <laughs> Normally what you hear is deer, you hit the deer and it damages the car. This is deer versus car, car off side of road. That deer was on a mission and I don't like that car. So that Man. happened. Also hit a deer with his wife's Odyssey, deer and car survived. That the deer it went on an odyssey,
0: me. that's for sure. It
1: did. It did. It's still telling that story. Bam. Maybe that deer, I don't know the order, maybe that deer is the one that later hit the focus. Do you think it's the same deer, Richard? would be crazy? That would be anyway, weird. Anyway, yeah. So uh, he's had a bunch of, uh, of oddball cars. <laughs> if you look cars. outside, there deer
0: stalking you? <laughs> the deer in the driveway they are angry.
1: <laughs> he's had a lot of quirky cars. He actually, uh, made him, what made him ride in is we did that podcast a while back about a guy who's only owned Sobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he wrote in and said he had a Saab 993 for a while. He had another Saab 93, then a Nissan Juke Nismo, which is also super quirky. And you also might be, I I, I don't know why I can say this. I think you may be the only man I've known that's owned a Nissan Juke Nismo. I saw another one in LA this weekend, driven by a woman. I don't
0: know why. Well, That car was a huge hit with women, and guys are like, No. It just depends on the car, and it's not necessarily the marketing brief, really. It isn't at all. It wasn't like it was a car they designed for a female market. No, no. And it's funny because, you know, you think, okay, we're going to design for a particular market, whether it's age or gender or whatever that is. And it turns out this other population you never thought would (laughs) ever consider it is your main demographic. Yikes. Anyway, so – I'm really uh, concerned about all these, these deer you're hitting. I mean, <laughs> hopefully like three and we're done, right, yeah, Richard? you've uh,
1: had more than had your share for sure. Yeah,
0: no kidding. So in August, Richard bought a car that he loved that we never talk about, although I will say we drove this early on in our everyday driver careers. Yes,
1: and I recommended it a couple times, and I talked a good friend into buying one instead of a GTI when they were brand new, and that was the Volvo C30.
0: Yeah, yeah, he had an 09 C30, she says has the handling and acceleration of a GTI, a little more luxury, and it's one of the most unique-looking cars on the road. It is, for sure. They're, I will back that. They're really that. cool. I've always thought that people outside the car are enjoying the car more than you're enjoying driving it. That's my problem with this, Even okay. It's right. fine on the inside. It's fine. But it looks great on the outside, and everybody else gets to enjoy it, and you don't. It's, it's a fun little quirky car, though. Very quirky. Very fun. Yes. So he is ready for a more focused driving experience. You mm-hmm. mentioned the GTI. Okay. But he you know, is, is looking for replacement here with a $20,000 budget. Because, of course, the, the poor Volvo, that was deer
1: strike number three. So the yeah, Volvo's wait. out. And even though he liked it, he did say to us, you know, sometimes we say, okay, you lost a car before you were done with it. Get yourself another one. He said, you know, I, I respect that. But, and he kind of agrees, but in this instance he is actually ready to move on. So we're not going back into the C30. We have about twenty grand to work with. He's looking. His description is, I'm looking for a unique looking car that's more dynamically engaging than the car. He's had so far, right? right. Everyone's a
0: manual. Great list. He's got two kids, so he requires at least four seats. Keep in mind the Volvo is a two plus two, so he's looking for four seats, probably four doors, but that could be that, that's up for debate. Yeah, I think that that's a question mark. I think that can it is. go
1: either way based on that C30, if nothing else.
0: And then you've heard us before that if you've got twenty five thousand dollars to spend and you live in a snowy area and <laughs> you need a good all wheel drive sedan. Yeah, it's uh it's a WRX. So we're we're going to not suggest Subarus. <laughs> Nicely done. Because I I think they're not unique looking enough for Richard's requirements. I agree with they're that. They're excellent for many buyers. Mm-hmm. They're excellent mm-hmm. cars, but for what Richard's looking for I think he's not there.
1: I agree. And he also talks about, you know, he's, he's wanting to embrace a car that has really good dynamics, which mm-hmm. I always read as handling. He talks about how he lives and drives up a lot of windy roads, uphill, downhill. He just likes windy roads. That's how he commutes. So we've got to give him something that can really carve a canyon and mm-hmm. is still kind of quirky to look at and fun to be in and manual and the kids can get in the back. I've got some interesting recommendations here, but it sounds like
0: you may have one. I've got one car. One car only. Wow. Okay. And it is a 2015 Mini Countryman All-Four, 31,649 hmm. miles for $22,000, which means you can probably work them down a little bit. It was okay. me, so I tweaked your budget just a tiny bit. Of course bit. you did. Yeah, I got it. Good and job. And it can be had with a six-speed manual. Hmm. This is unique looking. Okay. There are not a lot of them out there. Fair. A, it's not a Subaru. It is. B, isn't. it's not a Subaru. <laughs> Those are those are excellent first two points. Keep going. C, it's quirky, engaging, unique, different. I mean, you could go Clubman all four. Yeah. But honestly, yeah. I don't love the stretched mini look. And what they did with the Countrymen was raise it up a little bit, a little mm-hmm. bit, kind of in between the low mini sports yeah. car kind yeah, yeah. of look or hot hatch look, and kind of a little bit more CUV. But I do not consider this a CUV it's weird isn't it yeah. it's very weird it's not quite grown up to be a small SUV yeah 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 it doesn't because it's a mini I mean they, they couldn't
1: first time I drove one I thought mini on a lift kit
0: kind of right. and not
1: in a bad way it was just like that's what this feels like it's the, that's the easiest way to describe it yeah
0: yeah I like how they're marketing what should we call the all wheel drive version of the mini how about all four <laughs> yeah yeah were they talking to Maserati when they named that car yeah exactly Mm, anyway, so that's my car because I, okay. I thought, yeah, GTI, Subarus are out. If you're a Saab owner and then you went to a Juke and then a deer had it in for your Focus <laughs> ST. Seriously, it's a deer on a mission. It's wearing tactical gear and hiding in the bushes. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, it has got that ST in its sights. I think it's the Mini Countryman you need to go drive okay. and take a look at because right. they still, brand new, they're still available with the six-speed manual. I like it. Get the eight-speed auto or the six-speed like manual. It. Okay. Very unique, different, quirky, hatchy, mostly handly. It is. All right. And that's your car, Richard.
1: I went a completely different route. I'm glad to hear it. Totally that's... different kind okay, of cars. Okay, cool. Because here's what I thought. You said what you want is something that's really good dynamically. You want a manual. You'd like it to be unique looking. Now, I took n- unique looking two different ways. That could be quirky. What a unique looking baby. Seriously. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you must be so proud. Uh, <laughs> but But unique looking could be it looks oddball. Or it could be it's just not common. Yeah, it can it can go either direction. You know, a car that you don't see much is unique looking car. Ferraris. On the other end of the spectrum, a Tesla is no longer unique looking anywhere in California because they're everywhere. No. To the point that we were just in L.A., and I swear to you, I saw so many Model 3s, they started to get boring.
0: Honestly, that's my prediction. You're going to see so many of them, they're uninteresting and boring and commonplace. But if you go
1: into the right places of the country, uh, a a BMW i3 looks like a spaceship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you just don't see them. Yeah. So I'm following along that unique looking might mean that. I'm also following the fact that you've had, with that C30, a two-door car with small back seats that worked for your life. So I let that free me up, and I chased rear-wheel drive two plus twos. For Did you. you? Depending upon, and again, I don't know what kind of cars are in your area. Two cars you need to drive. I don't know that they—they're not my my favorite answers here. But two cars you need to drive. One is the EcoBoost Mustang.
0: Find okay. a used one of those. Okay.
1: Attitude, you know, muscle car look, but four cylinder. You know how fast you need it to be. It handles well. It's a good, solid car. Kids in the back. And if they're not common, see, parts of the country, they're just common. If it's not yeah. common in your yeah. part of the country, and I wonder about where you are. He's in western be. New York is yes, what Yes, I'm wondering. It, I mean, like, there's certain places in the south where it's just like everyone has a Mustang. Yeah. I don't know that that's your area. And if it's not, then maybe that's an option. But at least go drive it so you know. And Detroit, the other one, the other one that is in that same category that I I know you're going to think it's obvious I said it, but please go drive a BRZ or an FRS or an 86. Just drive the 86 chassis. You can get them for 20 grand. I've done it. Many people have done it. Kids can fit in the back. That back seat folds flat. The kids
0: can fit in the back if you hammer them in. Well, but it depends. Man, on I can't move. Well, but I'm a, at I'm, least you're in, son. But right? I'm a tr-
1: but I'm a tree, and and so you know. <laughs> and, but and I'm sorry, but the Volvo C30. I've been in the back of Volvo C30. The the FRS has more room. You so, think so? Oh yes, that's bold statement, right I'm, there. I'm going to stand by that. Really? It's, it's a small back seat, but usable, and it clearly has okay. worked for Richard. So drive the 86, because from a dynamic perspective, if you're going around on uh, on back roads and you're worried about a car, you can also drive all winter. Why not? Yeah. So yeah. drive that. But then I have two others that I think I might like more. Okay. Okay. The first one is unique looking because it has this same kind of 2 plus 2 look, but you just, I feel like you don't see them anymore. And they're great cars. All right. The Hyundai Genesis Coupe, the 3.8 liter V6. Sure. Rear wheel drive, manual transmission. That is actually a fairly roomy
0: 2 plus 2. That was a first gen for the Hyundai Genesis Coupe. Well, three point eight liter didn't survive for the second gen. Yeah, did it did. It? Yeah, it did. It carried over. it, oh, carried it. it was right, always it that they and the two liter turbo. Don't don't the, get the two liter turbo version. Yeah,
1: get, get the three point eight liter V six. It's the better engine. You can get it in either of the body styles, and I actually think that the early body style has aged better over time.
0: It's a little more cleaned up. There's some more busy, fussy things in the second gen.
1: When they changed that front end, I don't think they changed it necessarily in the long. Initially, it was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I don't think it aged well. The early ones look great. I saw one. Not that long ago, and thought, "Where have those cars gone?" Because it just turned my head. Yeah. So Genesis Coupe to the Pontiac Aztec pile? Uh, maybe I don't know. So Genesis Coupe is an option, and then I did think of this quirky, quirky looking manual, good handling, fits kids in the back. Okay. For twenty grand, you can get yourself the world's nicest
0: Mazda RX eight. RX eight that is quirky and unique. Great handling, unique. You because can of the get the engine. world's nice. You can get a 2011 Mazda RX-8
1: for 20 grand. Yes, yes, yes. So that also makes me think about okay, because those cars just they take an owner that is engaged. They're gonna burn oil,
0: mm-hmm. you know.
1: Sometimes mm-hmm. you know you'll hear them about not being high mileage engines, but winding out that RX-8, a uh, Renesis engine is very cool. That rotary is very fun to drive. Oh yeah, and oh, they yeah. are lightweight, and man, they handle well and you just don't see them very much because they're you know they could be questionable reliability-wise. Dig into the forums and you will probably not come out for 3 days. But the RX8, it's all I'm almost putting it in wild card because I know its reputation, but I really think it checks every single box of what you're looking for.
0: I mean, you're right. I'd love to think the RX8 motor by later generations would be something we can count on. It's not necessarily there, but you know, the newer ones, they're really nice ones. Yeah, they're probably 15, 16. at the high point. Yeah, and low miles. Yeah, and yeah, they're yeah, great. They're well built, quirky doors. I mean, the back seat is pretty small. But but the back seat it's, is is it's the, maybe less than the FRS. The
1: back seat is surprisingly usable when you see the size of the car, though. I think you see the size of the car and somebody goes, "That has back seats." And you go, "No, it doesn't." You get in and you go, "Oh." Okay. Yeah,
0: all right. I mean, it's back seats in a can, and just kind of spray it in back there. I think they're
1: better than you remember. But the, I mean, but we're also talking kids, and I'm hoping that Richard is not an enormous person like I am. Hopefully, that will help. But those are my those are my listings, and it's completely different than where you went, which I like
0: as well. Yeah, that is cool. Well, guys, if you've got your own debate, please write to us at everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. or you can find us right on the website where mm-hmm. I mentioned the pilgrimage mm-hmm. adventure before. You can go to the same place to contact us there. But by the way, would you do us, us a favor, and yes. this is for really our cataloging purposes yeah. of debates versus social media questions, yeah. and just kind yeah, of the yeah. fun, interesting, quirky questions over here. So for car debates, write to us at the email addresses or mm-hmm. the, the online Or the contact form. form through the website, yeah. And then for social media questions, and again, that just helps us delineate between the two. Otherwise, if we're getting debates in the social media and it's you know, a long scroll. Sure. Oh, grammar and the two scroll rule. If you'd like to talk about that. Yeah. Well, ideally, yes.
1: When you're sending in a car debate, we would like to know your budget. I know that sounds crazy, but you're having your budget helps. Uh, Try not to go past a couple, you know, when you pick up your phone and you scroll or you're on, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to give you more space. I'm going to say a scroll on your laptop. I was going to say a laptop.
0: I mean, if you you have to do, I'm reading the questions on a laptop.
1: Yeah, if you have to Let's do that two huge full-screen computer scrolls, your email is too long. Also, we, we really appreciate paragraphs. Wall of text is horrifying. These are the other, the other realities. We would appreciate that. But here's the big thing. If you're putting a car debate on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, I'll be honest with you, it's not going to make it into the pile. It's just not. Mm-hmm. So we're we're looking on all of those platforms in the hour or two before we podcast, and we're looking for for fun questions, and that's the stuff we talk about.
0: Right, and those questions could be very news of the day, newsworthy, or, or weird piece fun of news strikes yeah. you about you know, whatever. We've got totally. some excellent yeah, questions we that we'll get to. I can't wait to share some of these with you. There's, uh, there's some music stuff involved, which is going to be interesting. I noticed that as well, yeah. All right, well, guys, thank you again for writing in. Please send us your questions and uh, look forward to hearing from you. We will take a quick break and be right back. If you watch Shark Tank, you've probably seen the water-powered cleaning machine called Brush Hero. I'm looking forward to adding this as part of my arsenal of certified Paul-owning cleaning tools. It's got an impressive amount of torque, and it's not meant to spin fast, but it scrubs with this powerful, continuous torque because it's powered by water. There are no batteries or electricity required.
1: Right now, you can get a starter kit with two brush heads, a soft one for sensitive surfaces. You can even use it on paint, but they've got a tough one for serious muck. That's the one I'm interested in. That could work on wheels. This
0: thing makes life easier. I mean, think of no more backache leaning over, no more wet, scraped up knuckles. I'm happy about that, especially cleaning the the intricate wheels on my Cayman. This can get in there instead of jamming rags and sponges into tight spaces around the spokes.
1: Fight the war on muck. This is the ultimate cleaning tool for car guys. Maybe it's a Father's Day gift. You can get it all over the place. It's a must-have for every car lover, at least I think. I I want multiple because apparently I have lots of wheels and no idea what I'm doing. Brush Hero is at brushhero.com. You can get it on Amazon or even Costco stores.
0: What's it like for you watching games of your son coaching? Agonizing. It's a family affair on Attack Each
1: Day, the Harbaugh's podcast. You know, I didn't know there was actual work here. (laughs) Recent guests include Rich Eisen, John Harbaugh, Judge Judy, and John Madden.
0: I thought one of the greatest jobs in coaching in the NFL was Jim's first year with the
1: 49ers. Exclusively on Podcast One Sportsnet. Get episodes every Tuesday on Podcast
0: One and Apple Podcasts. Great time to be a Wolverine.
1: Everybody's got a to-do list. You drop off the dry cleaning, you pick up some milk. I've got an idea. Let's add save hundreds
0: of dollars in car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Having extra money in your pocket might be the most rewarding thing on
1: your to-do list today. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be.
0: Hey, welcome back to the podcast. We are debating eclectic oddball cars on this we one. Are,
1: for sure. And we got
0: a really interesting email from Stephen S., who's got a Renault infatuation. That is an odd sentence. It really doesn't get said on this podcast no. that often. No, no. I'll go you one further.
1: He's, he's obsessed with the Renault 4.
0: Yeah. You've got to hear this story. He said, I've been enjoying your content for a little bit now, and he figured he would ask a question that, he've, that he's had. Now, Stephen has been a lifelong car guy, but he's always leaned towards the safe and usable cars mm-hmm. because of budget, practicality restrictions. Needs just think just run, Honda Accords. Just yeah. have that in your mind. Okay. But he's always wanted an interesting and fun car. He Mm -hmm. says one that he could potentially work on himself. And he's recently fallen in love with the Renault 4. You need to look this up. You need to Google (laughs) Renault 4.
1: Renault makes a bread van.
0: Yeah. He said (laughs) this odd choice popped up during his Peace Corps service in Morocco. He said where these are plentiful. Plethora of Renault 4s everywhere. Okay. He said something about their looks and their can-do attitude just has me in love. Am I crazy for hoping to get my hands on one when I return from Peace Corps, keeping in the mind that he'd be willing to travel down to Mexico to get a decent one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Renault Fours. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. not as much on the recommendation list, if ever, for us.
1: <laughs> scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Nope, never been on there. There it is. Never, never happened.
0: Yeah. But This is interesting because the question here is with an eight thousand dollar budget. Yes. We've done the five thousand. Eight grand on the high end. He said, are there other cars of similar character you think could break the hold this silly little French car has on my heart? So it's a fun little possible
1: project car. It, it, he'd actually almost like to have to work on it is the vibe I get. I mean, he wants it to run. Yeah. But if it needs something, it's just like I'm going and tinkering with this quirky little car. I'm yeah. going to make it run. You know,
0: Puttering around and tinkering is actually, yeah, very, very therapeutic. It can be for sure. It can be. Similar character, and you know, I will say up front, Stephen, if you're in love with a car and you want to get one, go get one. We highly recommend you go get one and yeah. fill the need. Maybe you have it for six months or a year and go, well, wow, that was
1: a mistake. I mean, clearly but why you've got not
0: a, a Renault Four shaped hole in your heart. Clearly, go yeah. plug it.
1: It it may it, there may not be another answer than this. I came up with a half dozen or so other options, but you may be right. You may be just go get a Renault Four. You like them; they've intrigued you for. I'm not really sure what reason, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Who can explain love? Go go, exactly. embrace the Renault 4 for a little bit of time period and then sell it on Bring a Trailer.
0: <laughs> exactly. And probably make money. If you tinker with it, Possibly. make it run and yeah. give it a coat of paint. Okay, so similar character. I want to run through a list of cars that's pretty long, but I want to discuss these because, in my opinion, like you said, as far as character and car- people that love these cars for inexplicable reasons... Some not so, some you can kind of see like, yeah, that's a cool car, but I'd never buy one because of the sure. expensive maintenance or they're just too old or whatever, mm-hmm. you, you know, kind of rolling money pits, if you will. I hope the Renault 4 isn't that, but if you can work on it yourself, you might be fabricating some of your own parts. Just keep that in mind. Seriously. Because Renault 4. Okay. So similar character, first gen Mazda RX-7.
1: Okay. Yeah, fun,
0: Quirky. Yes. Not a lot of them out there. Yeah, we've got a fast blast coming up on that. Same feeling That's a good one. That's a really good one. I also lumped in there the Datsun 240Z or 260 or 280Z cars. Okay, okay. Kind of the same thing. I mean, you can find find one that's pretty rough and tinker on it to your heart's delight. You can do giant swaps or, you know, R34 (laughs) engine swaps like I just read about somebody doing. But, you know, you can kind of get a sense of where I'm going with this. Mark one Volkswagen GTI. Ooh, that's a cool one. Yeah. I see kind that kind of the originator. That. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. NA or NB Miata. Yeah. Those have kind of got to be on the list. Okay. But then I'll keep going here. Sharaco. Hmm. VW Sharaco or Corrado as a matter of fact. Sure. The cars that were money pits, but people love them and still do inexplicably. The Corrado is, has aged wonderfully well. It looks it's so It's a cool. really cool looking car when you see one. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, the 90-horsepower Scirocco, and people love them and mm-hmm. regret selling them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm, I'm going here. Carmen Guías. I had the
1: Carmen Ghia on my list. Do you? Okay. Volkswagen Carmen Ghia. It's the almost Porsche. It's it's the almost Porsche of that era.
0: <laughs> of that era. Thank you. It's, it's like, thank you it, for exactly. the qualifier. No, totally,
1: totally. It's it's the guy in the 60s that got rid of the Volkswagen van because he looked at his friend who had the air-cooled 911 and went, I want one of those. And what did he wind up in? A Carmen Ghia. <laughs> yeah.
0: you could see that coming. Citroën 2CV or Dushiva. I had that on my list as well. Same kind of thinking. For sure.
1: I mean, super quirky. Yeah. But yet when you have one, it's just like – this thing runs,
0: can you believe it, kind of driving. There was a story about a Fiat here, Fiat 126. Okay. And it has to do with Tom Hanks. All right. Last year. Did you ever read this story? I don't know that I did. One of his huge fans in Poland, he kept posing with the Fiat 126. It apparently was just some sort of inside joke, and I'm kind of glossing over the details here. But if you Google Fiat 126 Tom Hanks, there's this story about one of his fans in Poland decided to go for the moonshot, pooled her money, got a bunch of friends to pool their money and they bought Tom Hanks a Fiat 126 and called him out on social media and he went to Poland took delivery of it wow and met everybody and he, they bought him a Fiat 126 that's cool it's a tiny nothing $6,000 car that's cool and he just kept l- digging him when he was on vacation in Europe and Hungary really and funny interesting he would, he would pose with this car and yeah, you know yeah. everybody thought why do you like these so much and then they they kind of got their I Tom love Hanks it. moment I love it that's great it's very cool Continuing on with the BMW
1: 2002, people also have a unnoticed. lot of love for that car. Well, and that's the thing. For eight grand of one of those, you can actually get one. And there is a huge just world to dive into. There's forums. There's info. That's that's one of those that everyone I've known that's – everybody I've known that's had one of those has loved it. And their car has been in kind of a constant state of, well, you know what I'm going to do next? Because you can get the parts and because mm-hmm. there's somebody on the forum that has done that and has improved it for whatever reason. Donnie, who's 2002, we drove for our show. Yeah. That car has been in constant flux since the day he bought it, but it keeps getting better. Yeah. So that's the thing about the 2002. I feel like it's yeah. one of those that you can tinker with and constantly make a little bit better without driving yourself crazy for what do I do next and where do I get
0: parts? The 2002 just exists. Yeah. Uh, that's excellent. A few, a handful more here. Let's go 80s Audis and early 90s Audis, like Audi 5000, kind of a cool car. Yeah. Like the 94, 95 Audis. Mm -hmm. I love the Quattros. What else? Uh, Jag XJ6 Series 2 or Series 3. That is a car that seared into my memory when my dad's friend, who was this flashy real estate agent in Fort Collins, His name is Bob Wolf, and I I don't know if Bob's still with us or what he's doing, but he had a cool name. And this car has two gas tank fillers on each side, and they're yeah. chrome One on each side. Yeah, yeah. He had the cell phone, this, the curly Q cell phone antenna on the back. Of course, jewelry, watches. He was just the man, and he drove an XJ6, <laughs> and that has imprinted itself in my in my memory. Interesting. Okay. It's like, is Bob Wolf coming over? That is funny. That he was a really cool funny. guy, but he was just like your your rich uncle. You know, your okay. cool rich. Yeah, uncle. yeah, yeah. Cool guy. That's funny. Anyway. Uh, what else? Volvo 850 Turbo, starting to get a little newer here. I think that's a forgotten car. Yeah. Okay. All right. If you can find one, there. There. I mean, nice ones are really hard to find, yeah. but then they're just really different, interesting, unique. Couple more Fox Body Mustang. People kind of have a following about that.
1: Yeah, I don't know that that's quirky enough. But they're not. I, I maybe not point. quirky I enough. I take your point.
0: And then last one. This. This is also a little bit questionable, but the E36 M3. And it's only that hmm. car because of the price. The other M3s are out because of this $8,000 price point. Sure. Wow. You, you covered a range there. I'm impressed. Yeah, I just I I went had... through about it was about feeling, not necessarily mm-hmm. about price or quality of car totally. or driving experience. It was just about, what about these cars? That's just I see something.
1: That. I see that. I, I'm going to run through my list. I had two you didn't mention, but I'm going to re- retouch on the ones you did. I, have, I guess I have five total. Okay. Okay. And uh, and I I went from the category of these all are available for the price. Okay. And they all get the kind of head turn of oh, that's a cool little car. That like, kind of demeanor. My impression about it you changed might not, now that I know you own and, that and car. Here, and here's the thing: I might not want it, but I can't help but just kind of look at that car go by and smile and be like, that that just drove by. Yeah. yeah. So okay. 2002 right. is on there. Yeah. Citroen 2CV. You mentioned the Volkswagen Carmen Ghia. Yeah. Yeah. I also have to say this. The Volkswagen thing. You want to go quirky? The thing. The Volkswagen thing. thing. You're right. So that's got to be on there. And also the original sized Mini.
0: The original Mini is excellent. Made from the 60s
1: to the 90s, depending upon where you get it from. You think the current Mini or the smart car is small. No. Look at the first original gen Mini. Those are awesome. And they have a little bit of a cult following and parts available, too. And you can find them out there. Hmm. So those are my five. Hmm. I think you could have those a lot excellent. of fun at any of those. I get the Renault 4 thing. I mean, let me rephrase. I don't get it, but I get that that's where you are. <laughs> right, right. So if you want to have one just to try it, I will say this. I just looked it up. Bring a Trailer did have one that sold the end of last year for nine grand. No kidding. So go get one in Mexico. Have it for six months. Decide you're done with it. You've, you've had that problem now. And you can sell it on Bring a Trailer, and somebody will probably buy it. But uh, But there's the <laughs> other five. On the other
0: hand, you could, you know, generate your own 3D part printing business for, for replacement parts of re- Renault 4s. Yeah, we, we, we've, we're giving you gold here. We've given you an uh, entire I mean, career. Who business knew? ideas, yeah. even. All right, Stephen. Wow, very cool. I love the story. But, yeah, again, if, if the Renault 4 is going to be your car, then we say, and that applies. Hopefully you're getting this thinking. Whatever car you're thinking about and it just is a splinter in your brain and will not leave – and you cannot yeah. live yeah. any longer or live your life until you own this car, whatever it is. Yeah. We you have our permission. We were shooting this weekend
1: and a Isuzu Viacross went by. And I <laughs> you just like those I just stood there it's and the just the weirdest I car. I just stood there and just watched it go by. I just watched it come around the corner this way and I just stared at it and went, Those fenders need to be addressed, they look terrible. That car's not in great shape. But oh look, it's crazy looking. Oh look a Via Cross. there it goes. And then I went back to what I was doing, which was shooting. You guys ignored it. I called it out, both of you. Here's the thing. When I called it out, you and Edgar both looked at me instead of the car like, really? (laughs) And then I watched it go by. And then I went back to what I was doing. So if you have that car, buy that
0: car. Isuzu. Long live Isuzu. Not really. They did not long live. (laughs) But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, excellent stuff. Like I said, please write to us with your debate or just uh, to drop us a note. And uh, now we've got to get to the social media questions, which are excellent. Yeah, piles of them. It's great stuff. And I told you that this there was going to be some music involved here again. Mm-hmm. There's TC Car Guy on Instagram. Yeah. You see this? If you guys could have any band, doesn't have to be currently together, to write the next Everyday Driver theme song, which band would, would each of us choose? Okay. I actually went into categories here. You are kidding. I'm not. Okay. So I've got, I've got three categories. Oh, my gosh. Okay. First I, is... I is, had unanswered, but okay. First is old school. The All old right. school category. I'm going to go with U2 or Annie Lennox as a theme song. Wow. Interesting. Okay. All right. Okay. So then there's new school. <clears throat> yeah. Lana Del Rey or Maroon 5. Okay. All right. And then there's the super new school... Skylar Grey, Laura Welsh or Charlie Puth. And I'm actually leaning towards Laura Welsh. She's a British gal and she I like her stuff. Wow. That's that's okay. my categories. So, right. I think the genre-wise could work. And and this is a hard question because, you know, we like, you know, classic rock and Stevie mm-hmm. Rivon. We and, like all kinds of stuff, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. but it has to fit the what would work for a theme song kind of musician and mm-hmm. writer, not mm-hmm. just what do we like? So keep fair. that in mind when fair, listening fair. to the answers. I,
1: I, I'm going to go with one. It struck me initially, and the more <laughs> I think about it, the more I think this okay. is the right answer. Okay. And it's the police. That's If great. you think about the police from the 80s, and I'm no I'm no musical uh, progeny here. I don't know a ton about music, but I will say this. I'm a rhythm guy. Yeah. And that's one of the things that allows me to edit. My rhythm is excellent. My musical ability is lax, but my rhythm is excellent. One thing that fascinates me about the police, if you listen to their stuff from the 80s when they're in their heyday, Mm-hmm. The amount of sound they accomplish with three guys, three instruments.
0: Yeah, yeah, true.
1: Guitar, bass, drums, that's it. Yeah. And the level of clarity and depth to what they pull off just with that, you can listen to, I mean, listen to the, the just what's going on musically in the song Every Breath You Take. There's a lot of little detailed stuff going on there, yeah, and it's excellent. very simple. So I just imagine a really cool theme... Not even any any singing from Sting, and
0: I li- like his work.
1: Yeah. just a really yeah. cool. What is the music that p- p- the police would create for this show? That would be really cool.
0: That's very cool. Now you got to be wanting to go listen to Police again. Yeah, as well. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think it has to work for not only our tastes, mm-hmm. but also. Mm-hmm. Theme-wise and, and musician and, and artistic yeah. ability and yeah, not yeah. just recycled, you know, well, you know synthesized as, tracks. And as and as much
1: as I, I personally like things like ACDC and Rage Against the Machine, it's a little hardcore for all of our content. We have pieces that that works for, but in general, that's a little more aggressive than what we
0: are when we make a show. Well, I think I love Don Henley's stuff as a musician sure, and, and sure, sure. Uh, Peter Gabriel and yeah, yeah. Uh, all those guys from the eighties, I think they're brilliant musicians. I don't think any of their stuff works as a theme song, what their work Fair. sounds okay. like. All right. I don't yeah, think yeah. that works at all.
1: Peter Gabriel's not really a theme writer. <laughs> no. <laughs> he was off he was off kinda of toward the Bowie camp of let's try this. Yeah. And cool stuff, don't get me wrong, but just kind of you know what we could do.
0: I mean like Genesis in their early albums would be interesting, but again, I don't I don't think the music works, so then Mystic Negro asked me, when am I going to score an episode? I noticed that as well. I had to laugh. <laughs> Working on it, sophomore yeah. album, still still in progress. All the tracks are not named yet. <laughs>
1: Somebody's naming those tracks. Uh, let's see, D Griffin Ghost Places on Instagram said, did I spot your lemon Subaru on the street in Seattle? <laughs> I bet you did. Yeah. Because apparently it was parked on the street in Seattle before we used it too.
0: Yeah, it was probably, yeah, the same place. So
1: now it's painted that, questionable livery and uh, and I mean, we actually really liked the livery but it was let's be honest it was hand-painted by a bunch of guys with a roller so, exactly at the last minute <laughs> so it looks exactly how that description sounds if you've seen the lemons episode yes i'm sure you saw it because no other car looks like that one i car is durable. I don't, durable. I don't think it's being daily car. driven. I just think it actually gets stored on the street. <laughs> but my question is, and, and, and generally this is a question for Dale, what is going to happen to that car? Is is there a, is there a next for that car? Oh, I mean, I'm sure I, it's going to run again. I don't want to race it again, but clearly it just parks on the street and waits till it gets run in lemons. I,
0: <laughs> waiting for a team, apparently. Yeah, exactly. Wow. All right. So what uh, What else? we talk a lot of shop on tires this is the only Matt Wong 83 asking about tires and alignments in specific mm. uh, alignment in uh, as related to tuning a car's response sure and sure. what the importance is here mm-hmm. I'm gonna say that it depends on the car of course yeah it depends on the tires and it depends on your budget because a an aggressive alignment is going to chew differently through tires. And your alignment technician is going to tell you that up front and say, Mm -hmm. look, we might not be able to warranty our work as normal. If you're asking for a pretty aggressive caster or even a a camber, Mm -hmm. you know, say on the back, then, okay, you're going to get a lot sharper handling, but it's going to chew that inner side, uh, inner shoulder quite a bit. And what if we can't warranty that? and, you know, sign here, sign it away because yeah. you're going to chew through tires faster than normal. You know, obviously they're aligning for the car as an OEM spec, not for Ideal, what yeah. you're going to do with the car. Yeah. So that begs the question, are you autocrossing? Are you tracking? Are you just canyon driving? Mm-hmm. What are you doing with the car and the tires? Again, what's your budget? But are you going to get an aggressive caster on the rear yeah. with your brand new Michelin PS4s? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's yeah. what Porsche yeah, yeah. does. That's why 911s handle so great. Yeah, Because the caster is like 10 degrees or something like that. Somebody's going to call me out as wrong. But it's, yeah. it's very aggressive. And that's why Porsches chew through tires. Yeah. That's yeah, why yeah. they're so great.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, there is so much you can change about the feel of a car by changing up the alignment. And in general, I, I will say this, I've actually heard this a lot. The way that a car is set up from the factory and the factory spec, that, as you already said, it, that's how they're always going to want to set it. But if you take it to a guy who does track alignments, they will do it very differently. They will do it differently than the factory spec. If you if say, I'm tracking this car, they'll do things like not give you any toe on the front mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you don't need to stay straight line. You want it to be almost jittery. Right you, know, right, you want it to just follow the minute you move something. So it really comes down to how are you using the car. In general, I would say follow factory spec unless you have a usage that is so specific, like tracking, that you want to do something different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, exactly. What do you got uh, in here? Do you see Trevor writing in? Trevor wrote in uh, uh, on uh, – questions for Facebook and Ross has been writing us emails and others have asked this question. Many of you are asking variations of the same question. And that is, can we discuss when purchasing a car out of state? Oh yeah, I did see this. How do you tackle this? What do you request from the seller? I mean, you've done a really good job on this a few times. And I was talking to a couple of guys about this recently. One of the things that I'm telling your story here a little bit, one of the it's things good. that you've done is you've almost driven these, these current owners nuts with your specific request <laughs> for pictures.
0: Yeah. Yeah
1: you will get very much, I want to see this. I want to see that. What's the status of this? You've done all the research to know the things that should be checked out on the car and you're having them send you photos. And you can kind of gauge how the owner is as a person and how they're taking care of the car by how they respond to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I would highly recommend starting with a personal phone call, just listening to them talk about the car. Why are they selling? How'd you come across this car? Why'd you buy it? What have you done with it in your ownership? Yeah, yeah. Hey, just breezy questions, but you're finding out quite a bit of information about the owner and what they're doing. Yeah, for sure. Hey, I've got, you know, a fourth kid on the way and we just sold our house and we're moving and okay, your car is perfect, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Others are, oh, you've been doing a lot of track work and it's your, you know, 15th car on your lawn or whatever yeah, it is, Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean? You can find out a lot of information and get a pretty good idea. But yeah, for the remote thing, you've really got to... Ask the questions and get the dialogue going and get a good feel for, you know, is the owner responding? Are they Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. into helping you and all those kinds of things? And then, you know, find either through forums or start asking for recommendations from them. Or maybe you've got a friend in a nearby city that might be willing to drive over and Check it out for you. Possibly, yeah. Or take the car in for you. Because keep in mind, any shop that you take your car to for a pre-purchase inspection, like a Rolls-Royce dealer inspecting a Lotus Elise. Clearly, yeah. That's exactly where it should go. I don't know who would want to do that. Yeah, weirdo. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Anything like that, the shop does not have any skin in the game other than getting paid to look at the car. To give you a listing. Yep. They don't Absolutely. care whether you buy it or not. Yeah. Who do they care? For? So if you pay us, we'll tell you straight up because you're paying me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why would they tell you false information or try to lead you on? Because that's not going to help them. You're just going to come back angry to them later. Yeah. That's not going to you know be good for reputation. So they'll take your money and they'll give you a straight up answer. Yeah.
1: Hopefully. Yeah. And
0: sometimes, I mean, if, you're, if they know you're out of state, because this could be a thing and it's crept into my mind about... Oh, they'll tell you a thing that's wrong, thinking you'll come back to them to fix it. I suppose. But that's a few and far it's a, between. It's a bit of a stretch, though. You know what I mean? I mean? They're they're trying to rope you in a little bit like, oh, yeah, this is going. And now you can go get a second opinion. Yeah. Certainly. And but if you're shopping from that. out of
1: state, they're probably not going to get the business anyway.
0: Exactly. You know? Exactly. And if you let them know that up front, hey, I'm going to be driving the car back to Texas yeah. or Arizona or wherever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they'll probably give you a straight up answer. Well,
1: and I would say we had somebody that wrote to us recently and he was shopping GTRs in uh, way out of state. Yeah. And, and we were talking about where do you find a shop, dig into the local form, dig into the, the, the regional area of that forum, and ask who those guys are using to get their car worked on. If it's not the dealer, it's who, whatever mm-hmm. car it is. And you can call up that person because they're bound to do pre-purchase inspections. If you have, in in the case of the Lotus, the reason it wound up at a Rolls-Royce dealer is because there's not very many Lotus dealers. As a result of that, there's even fewer independent mechanics have ever seen a Lotus. Yeah. But this Rolls-Royce dealer in Orange County also sold Lotus. So they had a guy that was – in fact, when I asked about a pre-purchase inspection, they said – let me see that tech's schedule because they had a tech that knew Lotus. It wasn't like everybody in the shop even knew it. So what you need to do is, even if you're going to a dealer, find make sure they have a tech trained, especially if you get into a specific car like a Lotus or a GTR or something that's got a specific world about it. Make sure they have a tech trained in that. But you can find those guys all over the place. And And forums are helpful because they can point you in the right direction. Definitely get a pre-purchase inspection by somebody that knows these cars. Because let's be honest, somebody that knows these cars has seen lots of them. And you as a potential buyer haven't.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. All right. Uh, oh, great question from Sean C. on Facebook. Okay. He says, I'm thinking about adopting a dog soon. What are some good car-related <laughs> pet names? Okay, I have right. the answer. All right, Chiraco? No, not Chiraco. Okay, my name from my dog would be Targa. That is good. And you I have do to like try that. it on. The, you have to try it on. Thinking, here, Targa, here, boy. Well, yes, Targa, put that down. Targa, let go. Mm-hmm. Targa, come. Targa, fetch. Go, 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 go. Yes, well, it the, just kind of rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. It's two syllables. It's a sing-song kind of voice. A dog would perk up to that. Yeah. Plus, it's Porsche related. Targa. You've done well. I I actually think
1: that is the big deciding factor. When you're naming a dog at all, car related or not uh, you need to think about hollering how you feel about hollering that word or name in the worst possible moment of your life. Don't you have to do that with kids? Kind of, but definitely with dogs. Stand at the back door because, and scream their
0: name and see be, if you still like the
1: name. Exactly, because with kids, you might not be out in public in the rain at night, okay? <laughs> but with your dog, it had to go to the bathroom. You're out in the middle of the worst weather of the, of the year, hollering at that dog that word, whatever it is. And if you don't like it or if you feel stupid hollering that out, Pixie, Pixie, <laughs> whatever it is, don't do that. That's the big thing right. you have to figure out is I do think it's a really cool dog name, but do I want to holler this at my neighbors? <laughs> and do I want
0: my neighbors getting angry with
1: exactly, me? Exactly,
0: yeah. That's stupid dog. <laughs>
1: Uh, let's see. Adam B. Fox wrote in and asked, actually called me out. He said he's he's wanted me to talk about a question that he asked on one of the podcasts that you guys tackled, uh, you and Chance tackled. He's asking about what's the difference of dynamics between all-wheel drive and rear-wheel drive versions of the same car. I think two, three series or the G37 Infinities or whatever. Mm-hmm. You have a car that is is a rear-wheel drive chassis, rear-wheel drive biased car, and now you buy it in all-wheel drive. What are you losing? I'm going to paint with really broad strokes here because this is not a hard and fast answer you're losing steering feel uh, because yep. you've added weight up front, you've added complexity up front, and that is taking away delicacy of the steering. I'm sorry to go there, but it is the obvious uh, connection. The Lotus Elise has great steering feel because there's no weight on the front and it's a manual steering rack. Same is true of classic 911s. Mm-hmm. Okay, There's just nothing yeah. but steering feel up there. Once you add, watch our 50 years 911 piece, the, the very early 964 all-wheel drive Porsches, what did they lose? Steering feel, mm-hmm. still good, but they lost some steering feel because there was weight and complexity. that weight. It depends on how much. I mean, if you have a, a, a rear-wheel drive car that doesn't have great steering feel to begin with, who cares? Maybe you want all-wheel drive for a specific reason. It's a worthwhile sacrifice, but I would always
0: say that's the difference. Mark B. is on Facebook here. He's asking about watches. Uh-oh. Yeehaw. All right, I'll be back in a few. <laughs> he says, It seems that many car enthusiasts all enjoy, also enjoy watches, Farah's new podcast, yes. And if you've heard us on the podcast, uh, what, about a week ago is when it came out? Yeah, yeah. We talked watches already, and apparently I'm going back for G-Shock Day. Love G-Shocks. You talked watches. Can't wait to go back.
1: I I showed Matt my phone with the time on it, and he got angry at me, which is fair. (laughs) But I I still stand by it. I have plenty of clocks I don't need to watch.
0: (laughs) So Mark says, Paul, where should someone start wading into this timekeeping world? Uh Are there any good beginner websites and brands... I'm looking to add a new vice into my life. Well, congratulations on an excellent vice to add of all the ones on the planet to choose. I applaud your decision, and yes, I have some recommendations for you. Can I tell the Edgar story? Okay, sure. You, know, you tell the recommendations first, then I will tell the Edgar okay, story. Okay, Mark, let me give you these four recommendations first, and then we'll get to the Edgar story. It's so classically you Ed
1: Edgar. That's why I like it, the story so much. Okay. Keep going.
0: All right, so here we go. A blog to watch.com. Simply just that, hmm. a blog to watch. Okay. And they've got watch buying guides that you can jump to starting at $1,000 and under. Then you can go to the $1,000 to $20,000 range. And then the high-end luxury watches start at $20,000 and go up to more than your house and more than you and your neighbor's house combined. Further proof of the internet. I've never been on this website ever before until right now. A blog to watch. Excellent. Well-run. Lots of information. You heard me mention G-Shock. G-Shock actually has... Surprisingly, some watches that are between five and seven thousand dollars, because they use the technique from samurai sword making to do some hammered metal features on the watches of their metal G-Shocks. They're beautiful and excellent. Check these out. I I have so many snarky things to say. I know you do. I'm going to not. Keep going to warnandwound.com warnandwound and Wound, also an excellent place. I'm uh, making and, uh, a new tab. Hang on. <clears throat> you're making jokes. You're writing down jokes over there. I can, I can hear you. Uh, you're gonna Websites learn about, I've never seen. <laughs> you're going to hear about a magical place on the planet called Basil World. It is actually a place in Switzerland, and they have a watch show every year, the annual watch show. You're going to want to buy the best suit you can afford, fly to Baselworld, World. And check out all the manufacturer's displays. This is the creme de la creme, the ah, pinnacle I, of watch shows. I feel a coma coming on. <laughs> Basel World, Switzerland. Hodinkee is H-O-D-I-N-K-E-E, hodinki.com. And then finally, at the pinnacle of watch love is Uh-oh. Revolution Magazine. It's revolution.watch, as a matter of fact. Oh, my gosh. It is unbelievable. The magazine is like a phone book. And it's it's the right paper quality to the touch. I understand. They use the right ink. I understand. It's the, the paper bond weight oh, is my excellent. It, it it they're collectors' items. Revolution Watch Magazine, Mark. There you go. Wow. Let me know when you're fully immersed and you've got questions. Wow. I am so not in this
1: world i will tell the one story that makes me laugh we were <laughs> okay. sitting at dinner it was all four of us it was it was you and me and chance i'm and a edgar. little embarrassed we by this story at dinner in los angeles we all four of us and it may have been our big focus rs shoot i forget but it was all four Could of us been, in yeah. town for a huge shoot having our closing night dinner we're all exhausted we've had a great time we're we're eating this great meal and edgar goes hey paul i'm thinking about getting into watches <laughs> at which point, Chance, and I look at each other and go, what do you want to talk about? But anyway, uh, so, so one thing I'm getting into watches, and he proceeds to give his budget, which is, it sounds to me like a halfway decent budget. He says, what do you think is a good starter watch for me? What kind of brands? And Paul goes, I've got a brand for you. And he pull, and I don't even remember because it's me. He pulled up a brand and started scrolling through the website, and Chance happened to pull up the same website because he's sitting there talking to me about it. <laughs> yeah. And he kind of hands me the phone and goes... Do you notice that the, sh- the cheapest watch on this website is twice the budget that Edgar just mentioned? <laughs> and well, Edgar's looking going, these are nice watches. <laughs> so it, it, the truth is that everything needs a Paul limiter, just a little bit.
0: I guess so. But,
1: but to your credit, look, to your credit, you were finding him high-quality, good, entry-level watches. I just laughed again. It was like, here's my budget. That's nice. Here's what it costs. But there it was.
0: I guess so. I, I, it's my proclivities. I've always is. looked at buying the more expensive thing and having it longer. That is true. That is true. That's you don't buy disposable
1: stuff. I will give yeah. you credit there. But you I've spend had more things for 20 years, stereo and you, speakers. And you have really and, good stuff that you know, just hangs on and runs. I, I, I do take that. But it's, that you know, save
0: problem. your money until you can get there. It's not be crazy dumb with your money, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Until it's other people's car budgets.
1: Uh Alvaro wrote in on Facebook and said, what's the cutoff for buying a bigger car? What What's the point at which you decide, I, I don't want a bigger car, but I need a bigger car? He's asking the question of, is it more feasible to get that second vehicle, just buy one, or rent a bigger car when you need it? Alvaro, that's a really great question, and I'm going to say this. My parents just came into town a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And my son, of course, is getting bigger every year, as kids are prone to do, and we've reached a place where the five of us, me and my parents... <laughs> my wife and my son are now cramped in the cayenne yeah we can go places but we're cramped yeah paul has his expedition and i just said can i borrow that for a few <laughs> days which is why i was driving the expedition right, right now we were just we were floating in space i have said it before my son was in the back bench first time in my life i never been able to hear him when he was speaking he speaks loud you couldn't hear him <laughs> he was like in the next wing of the car it was amazing my point He's here down is down the bowling alley seriously my point here is if that's what you're dealing with you're dealing with a few times a year you need this car same, same things we say about if you only use your pickup truck bed three times a year. This is when you rent that when you need it, especially in the world of Turo now where you can go rent something interesting to do that. We've had other people right into the podcast who have like small cars and they commute in them, but they were going to have parents in town for a week and they rented something cool that was huge off of Turo and had a blast. If it's only a few times a year, I say just rent it when you need it. If it's becoming a every week I need this, you're going to need to
0: buy a bigger car. Yep. In continuing with the Expedozer theme here, A. McFarlane is asking the CPO technique for being able to wash the top of your car. Not really noticeable on the Expedozer, but I have a solution for you. And it is a product from Griot's Garage that is a okay. long pole, an extension pole yeah. with a mop system, a car washing system, where you dunk it in the bucket and then you extend the pole and you can wash the top of your car from standing way far away. You of, can actually wash the side of your car. Of your, course they have one. It's excellent. Yeah. It actually makes car washing easy and... um yeah, I'm just saying. Of course, it came easy to wash. You just lean over and get to the center of the roof. No problem. It's so low. Well, I but it's I've easy.
1: discovered I actually kind of like the Lotus because it's so tiny. It really doesn't take long. It's like yeah. I'm out of body panels. I'm just done. You know, I, <laughs> I can stand. Roots. I can stand here on the side and I can reach the. I can reach the front and rear bumper. It's it's insane.
0: Exactly. All right. What else is on here? Oh, Jason S is asking about engine oil and getting your engine oil analyzed by a oh, lab. Oh, yeah, I saw this. Yeah. He personally thinks it's a sound investment. Other people say it's a total waste. What do we think? Well, it depends on the car. You probably yeah. knew I was gonna say that, but is it a high strong, you know, high performance, whether it's a incredibly high turbocharged mm-hmm. engine, four cylinder turbo engine, or is it a GTR, or is it a Porsche or a BMW, something like that, where yeah. the maintenance really is something to keep on top of, but it's such high performance you wanna kinda of wanna know. But it's not just the car. It's what are you doing with the car? Excellent question. Yep. Normal driving? Yep. Yep. You're probably fine. Yep. Change the engine oil regularly, and you're great. But if you're tracking the daylights out of this car, if you're autocrossing yeah. it regularly, I see whatever that, that is. I see that. Sure, I can see. You know, once in a while, it doesn't need to be every time. But essentially, you ship your oil filter in. They saw it in half, and they engine, they analyze your engine oil, or you send them a sample, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they look for particulate matter, and they can tell you what's going on if there are any metallurgical problems with the engine and rings and you mm-hmm. know the pistons, all that kind of stuff. In that case, yes. So I, I will go both camps. For most cars, it's a waste of money for your expensive investment that you're doing a lot of stuff with Mm -hmm. not a bad idea
1: yeah i think if you're driving it really hard and i think there's also there's ranges of this are you doing this every single oil change right Right. Or are you doing it like every third oil change? I, I mean, really, it's going to come down to right. how, what. What? Also, here's the other question: What's giving you peace of mind? I remember at one point uh, when I owned uh, <laughs> not pieces a, of metal, exactly, piece of yeah, <laughs> peace of mind over a piece of metal. That's good. At one point when I uh, owned that Acadia, I was on a forum, and there was some guy who got every one of his oil change, his wife's Acadia oil changes uh, analyzed. Like, what's your wife doing? It's Acadia. She yeah. uses it as her like go get kids car. I don't think there's having a whole lot of issues with the oil in your Acadia. Yeah, no kidding. You know, but if you're traveling. Tracking the car hard. I see it. I do get that.
0: Tracking my Acadia hard. It's going to be awesome.
1: Uh, I also had a, a question here. Uh, Christopher asked it this time on Facebook, and it gets asked a lot. His question, actually, he sent it to us as a message on Facebook to kind of get into a little further. But he said, okay. He's enjoying the podcast, but never really considered himself a car person. Thank you. A lot of a lot more of you are saying you're you're just you've connected to the podcast. And you never thought of yourself as a car person, but wait, this is fun. We're, we're thrilled you're here. Yeah, so thank you yeah, to any of you that put, put yourself in that camp. If you have a buddy that might be that kind of person, they might like a little bit of a car discussion. We're here twice a week, so we're, we're glad to have you with us. He's saying, okay, we've talked about tracking cars a lot. And we talk about that because it is the place to realize just how capable cars are right now. Yeah. And it is the place to do it safely. He's saying, how do I do this? Because he doesn't really want to become a guy that goes tracking all the time. I will say to you, Christopher, so have many people said to us when they joined us on the pilgrimage never tracked before, and now they track a lot. So be careful. <laughs> be true. careful because it could get really under your skin. But if you really want to just try this out, which is what I hear from you, two things. If you really want to do it cheap... Just go to your local autocross. It'll cost you 20 bucks. Just find what's the local autocross group. Google can help you find that. Go for the day. You can take your car. You said you got a 2015 Mazda 3 hatchback. Just go autocross that car for the day. Fine. It's not going to be great, but you'll get a very different driving experience out of it. But let's go specifically to tracking. You've said, how on earth do I do this? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say to you a couple things. When, when we do our local, when I say local, I mean U.S.-based adventures, We partner with a local track that is having a local track event. We say, look at our Laguna piece last year. We just said, we're going to be at Laguna this weekend with this group. Find the local groups at the track closest to you because a lot of them will have a $200 for the day, get in as a beginner. You can get an instructor to ride right seat with you, which is what you want. Absolutely. I recommend you take your own car the first time. And here's why I say that. There's very little chance, if you've never been on a track before, you will work your car so hard on day one that you will go through brakes or tires. Right, right. You'll work it harder than you have any time you've commuted in it. But as far as wearing stuff out on day one as a new driver on the track, I just don't see that happening. So take your car for the first time to get a sense of it. Go to a, just the beginner session of your local track day. Spend a couple hundred bucks, try it. You may never go again, but then you'll know your car's a lot more capable than
0: you think. Mm, excellent. Mike J is asking us: one fifty K car or five 10000 dollars cars, <laughs> assuming market value and everything's in good shape. Where are you at on this?
1: I think I'd go with the single. Really? I think I'd go with the single. To, I mean, if I could split that, if me. I could split that fifty more ways. Then five cars, I'd get more than one car. But five $10,000 cars, see, if I could do two 25ers, I'd go that route. Okay. But the five $10,000 cars, I feel like I've actually bought some problems.
0: Possibly, but Fiesta STs are ten grand. Yeah. a Miata, an yeah. FRS, yeah. easy. Uh, i got two left. What else could I do? Uh, Pontiac G8. Uh, And a salvage title (laughs) Cayman. You knew it had to be in there. Okay.
1: All right. All right. Okay. Well done. Actually, that's a good five. I mean, I would go 300ZX and spend like six. 300ZX would be on there. Uh, Yeah, Fiesta ST is a good one. Um, Yeah, but that's not quite. I was going to say BMW i3, but they're not quite ten yet. Interesting. Maybe I offset that with a cheaper 300ZX. BMW i3. (laughs) uh, I'm three in uh, some big boy like a Pontiac G8. Yeah. You a can have that on sedan. there. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Or GTO that, or something like that. Yeah.
1: Some sort of big sedan. And you know what, while I'm at it, old Jeep Wrangler. There you go. I've done, I've done the gamut. There you go. Well but done. I have to say a single one M tempting a single Avora, really
0: tempting. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, there's other cars. Ah, we go both ways. Wow. Uh, guys, thank you for your question. This is excellent. Well thought through, excellent stuff. Look forward to the next time because there's so many more that we could get to. But we will end the podcast there for now. And thank you again. And uh, like I said, looking forward to it. Cheers. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets. Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars
1: on my car insurance with Geico. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue.
0: Hooray!
1: Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance.
0: I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown.
1: It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like...